0: Welcome to the Doggy Dan Podcast Show, helping you unleash the greatness within your dog.
1: Hello everybody, I'm Doggy Dan and today I am with Ryan Allerid, who is an amazing man. He's a proud husband and father to a human baby boy named Striker and he has three fur babies, Milton, Buddy and Captain. And over the past 12 years, he's generated over $350 million in online revenue, promoting both his own products and third-party products. However, all of that fails into insignificance when, on April 15th, 2018, Ryan had to put his black lab pitbull down because of a brain tumor. This sparked his passion, determination, and industry contacts to find a solution to help end the cancer epidemic in dogs so every family can spend more quality time with their fur family members and they don't have to go through what he went through. And this is culminated with the creation of Real Food for Dogs and his newly formed company, the Healthy Tail Company. Real Food for Dogs is a smart, healthy and fun way to make homemade dog food for your best friend so today i've got ryan allard on the show so we can have a chat about dogs about milton buddy captain and some of those topics that we don't really want to talk about maybe which is you know what are we feeding our dogs the best food what is the best dog food should we be making our own food and all that sort of stuff um It's a fascinating topic, and it's wonderful to have you on the show here. Ryan, thank you for joining us here today.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me and the opportunity not only to share my story, but hopefully educate everyone listening, and they educate someone, and they educate someone, because we just need to feed our dogs the best things we can and make sure they have the good lives that we can give them, because they truly give us so much joy.
1: Exactly. Now, anyone who's got three dogs is a real dog lover. Yes. Agreed?
0: <laughs> yes. And all ours are rescue dogs. They're oh, good
1: Yes. Yeah. Well tell us more about Milton, Buddy, and Captain. Who who uh, as well as their breeds and ages. Can you give us their personalities? They're um <laughs> I think it's always fascinating. For dog lovers, we love our personalities. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us who they're who they're most like. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we'll start with Buddy. Buddies are black lab and a Tennessee tree hound mix, which is a breed most people have never heard of. No. So he looks like a black lab with a beautiful brindle on his chest and his paws and his little butt. Um, But he's our personality. He's our, uh, he's head of security. He's head of mom and baby security. (laughs) Um, He's the most lovable little guy, but... Oh, yeah. If there's ever a noise or anything, he goes from lovable to I'm standing in front of mom, protecting mom. So he's definitely, wow. we call him head of security. Um, yeah. Look,
1: can I just jump in yeah. Cause Before This is why I love chatting to you because we have this kind of, you know, we have this passion for dogs. and mm-hmm. Yeah. So in every pack, I read that in every pack. There is an alert dog. Yeah. And I have almost the same thing. I have this like alert dog who barks and tells everybody there's danger Mm -hmm. and um, she won't actually back it up. So my question is, is he the one who will back it up as well as do the alert? So he would
0: absolutely back it up if he had to. He doesn't like to. um, But if he had, if someone broke into our house and threatened our family, he would attack.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes.
0: And then... Next up, we have Milton. He's our little chihuahua and King Charles Cavalier mix. And we actually shave him like a lion. So he has a lion mane because he's got the long hair and a lion tail. Cutest little guy. We adopted him. Um, The shelter said he was one years old. And that was a blatant lie because his teeth were so bad. Um, They said he spent about a year on the streets here in Las Vegas. And the vet actually thinks he's about, he was at the time of adoption, about four or five years old, based off the teeth and everything. And, uh, well, we adopted and loved him, but he's, we could actually call him our drug Lord. Um, (laughs) kind of like he has his own little, little, uh, mafia drug Lord kind of mentality, personality kind of like, Hey, don't mess with me, but I'm still going to respect the authority of Buddy. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And cause he's the smallest of the dogs. And then we yep. have captain who we just got, we rescued, um, last Christmas. Yeah. He's a Dudley lab. And I don't know if people, you're listener are familiar with Dudley labs cause they're different than yep. the regular labs cause they have the white or pink or sorry, the pink nose and either blue or yellow eyes. Yes. Um, and he's completely white, but he's a mix between a Dudley lab and a shepherd. So his back legs and his tail are full bushy. Um, and he he's not security. He's about playfulness and cuddling. Uh, that's that's his job. Beautiful. Yeah. He's the lucky one. Yes. He's got the easy job. Yep. And Milton bosses him around big time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Don't you love it when you see the little dogs bossing the big dogs oh, yeah. around? It's just it's just hilarious. Oh, absolutely. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. So tell me you've always got a passion for love. So what, what's your sort of backstory? Did you grow up with dogs or how did you um, end up with three, you know, because like I was saying, anyone who's got three loves dogs because if you've got three, you know, they turn into a pack. It's oh, not like absolutely. having one where they're a little, uh, they're just a dog. With three, yeah. they've become a pack and um, it's full on or it can be full on.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I grew up with um, black labs. Uh, my parents, since before i was born we always had a black lab um so i grew up with the dog i didn't have any choices just part of the family whether it's picking up poop feeding the dog walking the dog like it was just yeah you got it cuddling with the dog like dogs are so um in our ingrained in our my upbringing in fact my parents even said if you don't like dog hair don't come visit the house um we clean as much as we can but sorry they're Gonna be dog hair, so get <laughs> get over it. And now my parents have um, two dogs. Now my brother has um, three dogs. Um, he actually rescued. Um, he he was with a. He lives in Albuquerque, New Mexico. He's um, an X-ray tech, so he's actually in the front lines right now with all the corona. But he, him, and people he know knows found. I think it was like twelve. Three-day-old puppies in a dumpster.
1: Gotcha, yeah.
0: And so he helped with a couple other people. They bottle-fed them, fed them for a couple months. Um, and anyway, not all of them made it. Some of them did not make it. But one of them he just fell in love with, and now he's raising that little guy or little girl. It's a little girl. So, yeah, no, dogs are in my family. Um, my wife is a dog person. Um, I had one dog when I met her. We now have three if we had more room, we'd have 15.
1: So yeah, I get you. Yeah. (laughs) I often, um, I often joke, you know, if I had $10 million, what would I do? Well, I'd probably buy a big piece of land and put a fence around it. Like a huge, like five acre fence and get 30 dogs and just hang out with the dogs. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And maybe you don't need 10 million to do it. You just get to set up a rescue. So that's kind of what I see as my, my, um, you know, retirement to be honest is just having a big pack of dogs that's what i almost see myself doing in a way so yeah i hear you 15 dogs yeah beautiful so one thing before i forget i would love to get a photo of milton buddy and captain there's nothing oh i think there's nothing more fun than getting a photo just for our web page because all all of this podcast will be um we'll put it down in a beautiful page so people can read it and watch it and listen to it and stuff again and again. And we'll put some photos in there of dear buddy and captain and Milton. So absolutely. And then the other thing is your dear lab pitbull who got the oh, brain yes. tumor. Can you just touch on that? I know it's, um, yeah, detail um, cause I know it can be pretty moving. But yeah, so was,
0: I do, I do apologize if I tear up, yeah. um, even though it's been a couple of years. So, she was my first dog uh, yeah. on my own because we always had the family dog. Yeah. Then I came out, I went to college, I graduated college. Yeah. I was out of college for about a year and I rescued her. She was a rescue and she was, oh my God, the most hyper pain in the butt dog in the world. Um, But I just loved her. Uh. And, and I, I always told myself because I didn't like when a lot of people would have dogs and, you knew they were not living a good life. And I was like, ah, you probably should put them down, you know, or this and the other, like they can't walk. They can't, they're doing that. They're not happy. So I told myself from day one, I said, if the day ever comes where my baby girl, Rosie, that was her name. We called her Roro. Yeah. Could not walk and was peeing herself. That would, that's my sign. That's when it was time. Yeah. And I told myself that from day one, but just like many of the people listening, I never thought that they would come. Uh. She's She started having seizures. Um, and when she was 14 years old, it got to the point when, I mean, she was having six, seven seizures a day. And every time she had a seizure, it took a toll on her body. And it got to the point where she couldn't walk. She was peeing herself. And that's when I knew I had to give her and hold my end of the promise that I would give to her. And what we did is, we actually had someone come to the house. We had a vet come to the house and do it. Yeah. yeah. So that our current dogs could say goodbye. She could be on her uh, bed. She wasn't anxiety about going to the vet. And I do recommend that if you have that yeah, ability, totally,
1: take totally, at the
0: time, have them come to your house. There's no good way to do it. No. Um, and I know some people are very against that. Um, they just want to let them, their dogs pass naturally. And that's fine. If that's up to you, that's your choice. But I didn't, that was, this was my choice. And I, I held up my end of the bargain and I just gave her kisses and I was crying and I just kept thanking her for, sorry, I'm tearing up right now. Yeah, Thanking her for all the life she gave me and happiness. And I got her out of college. So I went through everything with her. We went through girlfriends together, moving, we went through hard financial times together, went through a divorce together, went through everything. And it was just so hard. And now is, I spent, after she passed, we had two dogs. We didn't have Captain yet. We had Milton and Buddy. And about a few weeks or maybe a month passed. And I was like, why could I not have one more year with her? how could I do that with my current dogs? How can I have one more year of no, of just quality time, right? No seizures, quality time, just one more year, one more kiss, one more. And that's when I just went down the rabbit hole just because I knew it had to be food. And it was because I gave her everything, like all the good stuff. I did the blue Buffalo, the really expensive food, but I was like, what's going on? And I researched it during that month and that's when I found out it was food. Sorry. And when I found out it was food, I guarantee you almost everybody listening to this podcast has done this probably for weeks at a time have gone to the internet and researched. What's the best dog food to give to your dog? I guarantee you you've all done it. And I guarantee you, no matter how much research you've done, you don't have a damn answer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, it's bad, right? We know it's bad, but we don't know it's good. And, so far we all come back, oh well on the bag it must say chicken or beef or turkey at the first ingredient. Like which sure that's better, but <laughs> that's, that's still um, uh, yeah, and we can go into all that more later. And but um but anyways, yeah. Rosie, oh my gosh, she was just the apple of my eye, and I just oh my gosh, I just I love her. I think of her all the time, and she's really the motivation because I don't want anybody else to have to go through that. And if they do, I want them to, instead of putting their dog, um, going to heaven at 14 to do it at 16, 17, 18. So you have more yeah. time.
1: Yeah. So how old was Rosie when she passed away? Can you uh, 14. She was 14. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Oh, Hey Ryan. I appreciate you sharing, yeah. man. I I felt it all. And, um, you know, I still well up a lot just thinking about my dear dog, Peanut she was um 13 and a half when she passed away and you know my story we touched very briefly on it that um she had kidney tumors Mm. it was kidneys um and i'm pretty sure it came from uh a very well known big brand Uh branded manufacturing dog food that i fed to her for the first few years of her life and It was much later that I I realized it was, in my opinion, it was, well, I know it was full of a preservative that has been banned from the human food production, food food chain, everything, because it produces every bad cancer, Uh you know, everything. It's horrendous, but it's still allowed in dog food. Oh, oh my
0: gosh. There's so much, yeah.
1: And, you know, and that's just... That's just how bad it is. Oh, yeah. It's one of the biggest manufacturers. I've been feeding it her for years, mm-hmm. a product, which is banned from the human food chain because they know it produces all these tumors and cats, So anyway, we don't want to go into all that sad stuff, but it is important. I think just to anchor where we're coming from, you know, your passion, your love for the dogs. And it came through and I felt it and appreciate it because, um, yeah, we're all dog lovers and, and and so I just want to kind of put a little bit of a caveat. Um, or First of all, actually, I want to touch on something. What Ryan said about when your dog is coming to that time for them to pass over, you know, I've, uh, I'm have lucky enough only to have had to put one dog down, um, a couple of cats, and all of my cats and Peanut, the dog, were all put down on our property. We paid a little bit more for the vet to come to our house, and it meant the world to, to me and my wife and to our animals. And I really encourage you to consider it because there's nothing quite like that final resting place for your dog, you know, when they can be in your arms or be in their basket. And it may be a little bit harder for you, maybe easier. But I I urge you to consider what it's like for your dog. And the other thing, which is really important here, is the biggest favor I think you can do for your dog is to be there with them when they pass. And I say that, with one caveat and that is that you do have to be able to hold it together a little bit you may have tears in your eyes but you don't want to be screaming and you know all the rest of it but if you can be there present with your dog you could well be amazed when they look you in the eye and hold the stare because they are saying goodbye and so it's not much different in my opinion from a human being to be taken to a a hospital where you know nobody and nobody knows you and there's no one that you love there and you realize you're being put to sleep compared to being at home with the ones you love and um, you've been put to sleep. So just, I know we're meant to be talking about dog food and we haven't even started that yet, but you know, sometimes things come up like this, which are super important. And I think this is one of those things for the love of the dog be there if you can, when, the, when you say goodbye. Yeah.
0: Any thoughts on that? One? I a hundred percent agree. And it's, the cost from having someone come to your house to going to a vet, honestly, uh, is not that much more. No, no. It's... And the, just because no dog likes going to the vet, right? They all know, oh, right? No, they all no. know they're getting shots. They're right. They don't like it. They're very good. Yeah, yeah. And that's, exactly. I, you, I don't want that. To, I did not want that to be my dog's last memory. Exactly. You know, so exactly. I want it to be, I was giving her a kiss on the cheek right where she loved being kissed and I got to feel her very last breath. And yeah, I was crying the whole time, but I was there just saying, I love you. Thank you. I love you. And that's, that was what I needed. And I encourage everyone to do it.
1: It becomes a beautiful experience Mm -hmm. as well as a very sad one. hundred percent. So personal. And yeah. So right into the food. Yes. One, one thing about the food stuff is and Ryan and I have touched on this as well. We are not saying, just as like a, a framing of this whole podcast, we're not saying this is what you have to do. This is what's right for everybody here. I'm kind of hoping we're going to disagree on a few things, Ryan, but we might end up just agreeing on everything, which yeah. is cool as well. <laughs> but we're just going to talk generally. And this, what we're saying is this is not a prescriptive. Every dog should this. you got to feed them whatever. We're just having a general chat here, guys. So. I don't want to bring any anger or heat or frustration. You know, if you disagree with anything we're saying, guys, um, just looking to add a, another, what is it? Another angle exactly. to uh, what you already know. So top line, top line, what's, what's your take on dog food, dry food, wet food, meat, um, my, where are you coming from? Tell my, me all about it.
0: My top hmm. line, if I could give one yes sentence to Anybody, any the average dog owner, I'd say, stop yeah. feeding your dog dry kibble, okay, um, and canned food.
1: Got gotcha. you. Tell if me why? Why? Yeah.
0: There are so first off, the government regulations on what actually constitutes the meat that goes in and meat byproduct and how it's made are almost non-existent, at least in the yes. U.S. Right? They have. Yeah an association, but the the guidelines are so loose and so vague.
1: You can, yeah. You it's can like put anything in there. You yeah. can put
0: anything and it's a very lucrative industry. So they want to make as much money as possible. They're putting on rotted meat, like who knows, right? But yeah. Preservatives. Um, then they extrude it. I don't know if you know anything about excru- the exclude, extruding process on how they make dog food. And it's, pretty much everything it's, about kibble is not it, good.
1: It, it's pretty disgusting. And yeah. and you know, I'm not going to do this the whole way through the show, but I do want to do it one more time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ready for it? Yeah. It's it's again take all of this with a pinch of salt that not all dry food is exactly the same. Oh, 100%. You know? So there is some really good dry food out there. Um there but what we're saying is you have to be aware there is some horrendous stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And um and it's not always related to what you pay. Yep. You could be paying the highest price and you can be getting some of the lowest grade, mm-hmm. worst, most preservative, pumped filled stuff out there. So yeah.
0: and yeah. I will say just for so I I have homemade dog food books that I sell. Um mm. and I make homemade dog food for my dogs.
1: Yep. But yep.
0: we also do have kibble for when we go out of town and we have a dog sitter, yep. right? But again, yeah. so my kibble it's for the big dogs, it's dehydrated, right? So it's not extruded and it's not it's minimally processed. For our yes. little dog Milton, we have baked dog food. Again, because it's still not great stuff in my opinion, but it's better than your normal bag dog food. So yes. again, if you have to do kibble Again, and we have it in our pantry because, like, we go on, we travel a lot. Um, It's too hard for, you know, to tell the pet sitter to do this, that, and the other. So, we do have either dehydrated dog food for the big boys or um, baked dog food for our Milton.
1: And, and, you know, it's funny because I do also have, I do give my dogs some dry dog food, but mm-hmm. I have done a lot of research into what is the type of dog foods, dry dog foods that I'd give my dogs and I've made sure there's no preservatives, pretty much nothing in there. Mm-hmm. They've got all the good stuff and um, I don't feed at them very often at all. In fact, I do the mix, which is something we can talk, talk about about mixing dog foods up and not giving them the same thing. Just just going back to what you said earlier about anything, pretty much, or or the guidelines for what's allowed in dog food, dry dog food is so lax. I will add a couple of videos and a, a link to a link to a website which kind of ranks dog foods and analyzes it. And I, I feel like it's pretty um, it's pretty reliable, pretty fair, pretty honest and um, independent um and i'll also add a, a video on there which which it's pretty scary when you see what you're allowed to put into dog food you know it's like pretty much leather i i mean i you can have a look into it but it, the, the, the the video is saying you can pretty much put leather into it and call it meat you know it's dog it's animal product and you can put oil like all sorts of crazy oil yeah and almost like I don't want to say engine oil, but this video is saying you can pretty much put this stuff in and it's classed as dog food. Yep. Like a leather belt and castor oil. And I remember watching that going, Whoa, now I see what they're saying. You know, it's, and the thing is our dogs cannot complain how bad the food is. They will eat rubbish. Oh yeah. And that's one of the issues why the dogs can be fed such absolute rubbish.
0: Well, and so on ta- going off what you're saying is, and I, I, don't think we've, I don't think we've actually talked about this before, but the reason you can, so the dog food companies, they can put, like you said, absolute rubbish in the dog food, but the dogs still eat it. But why is that? And I'll tell you exactly why. Because it's actually a process. If you, if you look at almost every kibble, have you ever wondered why they're all dark brown? They're all roughly the same color within a shade or two of the same color. Um, there's a reason for that because most of them are a process called exclude they're excreted. um hopefully i'm saying that right sorry um yeah. but what happens is the wheat re- re- how it's done and how it's baked it's under high heat high pressure and what happens is under high heat high pressure something happens called the millard reaction and the millard reaction turns it brown okay so for instance um and the millard reaction makes things really tasty so if we're cooking a steak, obviously the steak is pink right when we cook it, but when we cook it, it turns that brown and a lot of times that edge is really tasty. Well, that's the Millard reaction, right? It's it breaks down sugars and it's just it's really tasty. And it's very sometimes at to when it's very low levels, it's actually good for us. So, however, when it's at high levels, it's almost like feeding it's like cr- just injecting cancer into every little bite
1: it's really bad yeah that's that's almost the burnt bit you're saying like i've read i mean same for humans that that burnt stuff like is almost carcinogenic it's not really that good for
0: absolutely and so in just let you guys know so kibble just dry again i'm just talking dry kibble here um on average is 122 times higher than the highest allowable Amount for humans. So think about that. So say that again. So say that uh, the human level is, say, a two, right? On a scale of one to 20, for example. They are up almost at an 18, 19. It's literally 122 times higher than allowable for humans, than the max allowable for humans. And Mm. that's just how it's processed. And this is before you take into account preservatives, the crap that they go into it. Or the other stuff that's happened. Yeah, Just a matter of, quote unquote, cooking it. Yeah. Create yeah. the Millard reaction. Again, I encourage everybody to Google the Millard reaction for yourself and yeah. go, start going down that rabbit hole.
1: Yeah, I I think that whilst we're talking about, and this is not about bashing dry food because, yeah. like I say, I feed my dogs dry food. We're just saying be very careful and be aware. One one of the things, for example, um, I became aware of is I chatted to somebody. I actually was training his dog in his home, and he said he imports uh, dog food from the U.S. into mm-hmm. New Zealand, and he said he's got a container of the stuff. And he, I remember, I remember hearing how much he was importing it for what it was actually costing and the increase in price was phenomenal and he said they were bringing in huge containers and it didn't happen very often and it suddenly made me realize that this very cheap product was coming in it was being inflated to incredibly high prices and it was also sitting on shelves in warehouses and then in people's garages for months and Mm. months and months and this is been spoken about that you can feed your dog some of this food like years later and it hasn't changed Mm -hmm. because some of the preservatives are that i mean they're that what powerful is that the word we want to use but um, i mean it's almost like is it still food if it doesn't change if it Mm -hmm. never goes off if it can't go off what is it it's a static product which is um yeah so that's the scary stuff. Yeah, we've talked all the scary. Well, that's the dry food. So dry yeah. food, you're not a big fan of dry food, although we've touched on there is no. a, a lot of it is much better than others. Tell me about the wet food. What's the problem with wet food? Because I often like the wet food, and I and I did buy some. We've got. I've got to say, we've got some. We've got some animals over here called possums, mm-hmm. and I think we've got four million people in the country and about eighty million possums. <laughs> Go figure. The, yeah. They came from Australia, invaded the country, and they are. Well, they've started actually catching them and it's a bit, you know, I don't like hearing about any animals dying, but there are some, uh, there's some dog food actually being made out of possums. It's like possum roll. And, you know, and you can just see, this is quality food. This is quality meat. I've fed it to my dogs. I know the guys who make the stuff and it's powerful and um, pretty amazing stuff. So again, I class that as wet food. That's probably some of the top of the range stuff. Um, I mean, it's basically wild. It's wild yeah. meat. And so that's beautiful stuff. But you're, because, you know, they get the whole lot. They get all the meat and mm-hmm. uh, all the best bits are in there. They haven't been taken out. But when we talk about some of the dog rolls and the wet food, what, what's your thoughts on that, Ryan? Yeah. So
0: my thought on food almost as a whole is let's get the Millard reaction out and the preservatives out. Gotcha. If we can get those two things out of your food, whatever is left, whatever you're feeding them, Gotcha. Is way
1: better. Yes.
0: Then because um, I know another thing is um, grain-free food versus grain food. Half the time, they're like, no, you need grains. No, you don't need grains, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm 50-50 on that one. Yeah. I I haven't completed my research on it. Yeah. Um, but as long as again, we let's get those preservatives out. Let's get that processed food out. Um, and if you look at here's a cool thing. Again, I don't know about New Zealand, but in the, in the United States, there's very few regulations on dog food as we touched. But the one regulation they do have, which actually makes reading a label a little bit easier, is in the United States, they actually regulate how much salt you can put into dog food. Oh. Um, so that salt, they, you cannot put more than 1% in. So if you're ever reading a dog food label that says, I've got sweet potatoes and blueberries and all this. Which is look in the panel and find all the ingredients because obviously the first one's the most ingredient, second most, third most, and yeah. so on. But find salt because salt at most will be 1% than everything else after. So if it's if all your sweet potatoes and blueberries are after salt, that's just trace amounts, but they can still put it on the packaging on yes. pretty yeah, labels, yeah, yeah. right? Um, yeah. But just that's just a little advice for anybody find yeah. out where it says salt. Anything after that is pretty much preservatives, that's really cool, coloring and b
1: s <laughs> yes, yes, that's fascinating, so basically wet food, what you're saying is that will have got rid of a lot of the millet effect, is that correct? Yes, yeah because it's yeah hasn't gone through that roasting, so that's good, so possibly wet food which doesn't have the preserve the bad preservatives, and yes. again that's a whole new topic and something we need to look into, but um somebody I don't know what you think of this statement, but somebody said to me and i I, I like it personally and I often recommend this is when you're reading the ingredients, if you can't pronounce the word in the ingredients on the on the label on the dog food, whether it's wet or dry or whatever, or the tin, if you can't pronounce it, if it doesn't sound like food, if it doesn't look like a food word, if it's sodium sulfite, chloroformide, you know, alphrodite, it's probably something weird that you may want to stay away from. And if you have lots and lots of those things on the ingredients label, that's where you've got to start asking the question, is one of those actually a pretty bad preservative? Would you would you agree? Kind of. Oh, is that along the right tracks?
0: I, I not only agree with that. I'm going to add to it that a lot also at the end of the label. There's also even more long words, and all those are um, like vitamins and supplements that they have to add to the food because during the processing, extrusion processes, it literally cooks all the nutrients out of the actual yeah. food. Yeah. so they need to add it just so they can meet the bare minimum requirements to sell it gotcha yeah so agree well, if you can't pronounce it you should not be giving it to your your dog
1: <laughs> and okay i'm looking at the time i'm having such fun chatting to you oh yeah tonight. it's like oh yeah i'm going great we've got to get going what, what about meat though meat's I would say meat is king. My dogs, I want to do this as a test, put down a bowl of dry, a bowl of, you know, homemade food, a bowl of some other wet food, and then a bowl of meat. And I want to see which dogs, which dogs go for which bowl. Cause I'm, I'm a big fan of meat. And yet I just want to add in there. I'm fully aware there's not actually enough meat in the world for all the dogs to eat meat. So, you know, what's your take on meat? Do you think it's a goodie? Or- so my
0: take is, when I look at dogs yeah. and coyotes and wolves in the wild, yep. they eat meat, totally but they yeah. also eat berries. They scavenge. They eat whatever they can, right? Um, but I'm a huge proponent of meat and protein for dogs, especially, I mean, we, we're lucky enough to live in countries where we can provide this for our dogs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, do, you, do I want to give my dog a 100% meat diet? No. Um, but do I want it to be a very large portion of its diet? Yes, gotcha. I do. Yeah, yeah,
1: and and I think one of the things, even with meat, is you want to be careful. You're not just giving your dog the same cut of meat from the same animal again and again and again, because if you just give your dog chicken breast, it's just not got the variety of nutrients mm-hmm. and the rest of it that that the um that your dog needs. So. You know, it's like my son. He may like sausages, but if all I ever feed him is beef sausages, he's going to get pretty sick pretty quickly.
0: Oh, 100%. And that's why, shameless plug here. Yeah. Um, that's why in my my recipe books, that collectively, there's actually four recipe books, um, but collectively, there's over 100 recipes in there. Yeah. And the reason there's over 100 is variety because, exactly like you said, if you give your dog beef and sweet potatoes every day, it's missing other nutrients so then you know one week i'm doing beef sweet potatoes and you know this recipe but then next week i'm doing duck and yep. you know uh, other things because again it me just like us we need different nutrients totally um and if you give it a good variety of nutrients um it's going to be a happy healthy dog
1: so so tell us a little bit about your, your, uh, your homemade recipe books. Cause I've got them and, you know, I've tried some of these recipes and, you know, my dogs love this stuff. I mean, I've got to be honest, my dogs aren't fussy. So yeah. even if it's, even if it's your, some recipe from your weight loss book, they love it. But the, you know, there's the real treats for dogs. There's the real food for dogs. There's the real care for dogs. Um, tell us a, a, a little bit about, I don't know whether you want to just talk about one of those four. Um, so I'll talk about
0: the real food for dogs sure. because that's our, that's our number one seller yep. because it's your everyday food. And again, like we said, there's, there's multiple, um, a whole bunch of recipes in there to give your dog variety, right? And it's going to thank you. I guarantee you, you make some of these recipes. If you've never made homemade dog food, if you get some of the recipes that are in my book, watch your dog react. Yeah, It's going to be way more excited for dinner
1: time than you've ever seen your dog. Um, Can I just read some of them out to people, just so they get an idea? Oh yeah, absolutely. So guys, I got I got the book in front of me, and we got um we got burritos, we've got pizzas, we got it's called cheesy, chewy cheesy chihuahua pizza. We got um, stews, we got quiches, we got Labrador loaf, we got burgers, poodle pasta. We got all sorts here, and we have got vegetarian meals as well. So, um. We've even got Shih Tzu Sushi. That's right. That's a mouthful of Shih Tzu Sushi.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, we definitely wanted a little fun with the names because we thought it's fun for um, – we wanted to make sure that it's fun to make it, right? We want to make it an activity that you can share with your family, your kids, your wife, your husband, your yeah. your dogs. And a lot of times, do you want to just, all right, I'm going to cook some ground beef and some or ground turkey and – add some sweet potato or do you want, do I want to make, you know, bow wow burritos tonight? Yeah. Well, let's do bow wow burritos. Even though, you know, it's just, we wanted to make sure it was fun because um, I have a six month old child and he's going to be growing up making chihuahua pizzas and bow wow burritos.
1: And, exactly. And, and yeah. one of the things I love about the books is some of them are really not complex, but some of them have a lot of ingredients mm-hmm. and others, you know, for example, poodle pasta is pretty simple. And, and so what mm-hmm. I mean by sp- pretty simple is it's the sort of recipe you can knock together with your children. They can enjoy making it. You know, if I was actually to read out poodle pasta, it's it's um it's got whole wheat flour. It's got beef liver, eggs, olive oil, and some butter. So that's a really simple recipe. And it explains how to put it together and other ideas that you can put in it with, you know, sweet potatoes. You can always add, you know. Carrots and broccoli and zucchini and cottage cheese and stuff. But at its simplest, at the most basic, that's the, that's the poodle pasta part. And then you can add stuff as well. And it's all, you know, if your child wants to nibble a bit, it's, all, it's good enough for humans
0: to eat. Oh, I have eaten every single one of these recipes. Um, <laughs> and I will tell you, not all of them are good. Not all of them taste good. Um, like anything with liver in it, I'm just not a liver person. But I've I've literally eaten every one of them because if you look at every one of our recipes, you can pronounce every ingredient. Um, if you're picky, say I don't want, you know, oatmeal in my recipe. Guess what? Take it out. Yeah. Leave it out. Or if you want sweet potatoes instead of regular potatoes, put it in. Or I want coconut oil yep. instead of olive oil. Do that. Yeah. That's the beauty of di- uh, your stay at home. And I always tell people, I'm like, I always ask them, "What's the healthiest meal you can give your family, your child, your wife?" And the answer is all the same for your for human family. It's a homemade meal. Well, the same thing for your dogs. Yeah. What's the healthiest meal you can make is why you can control what's in it. Um, and the cool thing is um, if I'm on a budget, um, I can go to a big box store. I can go to Walmart or a Costco or some big store and buy in bulk and buy the cheapest meat I can And it's, I guarantee you, it's still healthier than anything you buy in the pet food store because there's no preservatives, there's no uh, millard reaction, or you can go on the other spectrum, you can go to Whole Foods and buy the most organic, locally sourced ingredients. Um, And again, most of these recipes, any kind of spices are typical spices you're going to have in your house. Yeah. So other than, and most people have eggs, most people have olive oil, most people have flour. Right. And maybe you want to make a recipe with the same recipe with chicken this week and beef next week. You can. You have such flexibility. Um, Yeah. And I just I recommend it to everybody.
1: Yeah, And, and, you know, one of the things with these recipes is it's not that you have to stick with it in the same way that, you know, if you're doing French patisserie baking, you know, you've got to stick to the recipe. Mm -hmm. You can't mix it around or the cake won't rise or it'll flop or whatever. As um, Ryan says, you can mix it up. Once you've got to hang for some of these ideas of what you can put in for your dog food, you know, parsnips are good, zucchinis are good, tomatoes, you know, canned chickpeas, couscous. Yeah. Once you realize the spices, coriander, turmeric, cinnamon, ginger, cumin are all, you know, add some chicken stock and that stuff and your dog loves it. You start going, wow, this isn't that complicated. So you may stick to the recipes for a while, I guess, but I'm sure a lot of people start inventing their own stuff. Is that is that fair enough? Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. And one of the best thing is when we make – we have um, a crockpot recipe, which is great for especially people who are limited on time. You literally throw – just like you would a crockpot dinner, you throw all the ingredients, and there's only a handful of ingredients. Um, It's called – it's a crockpot beef and rice meal. You throw the ingredients in the crockpot in the morning and cook it on low for five or six hours in the evening. But I guarantee (laughs) – it, literally, this recipe has ground beef, rice, um, beans, butternut, squash, carrots, peas. It smells so good. Uh. Like, then the best thing is you cook that, play a joke on someone because you cook it, your house smells so good. And you, this one's actually one that will taste really good. Um, grand, there's no salt or anything like that I don't add any of that in. I would for if I was eating it. But um, so there's no other major spices in it. But it smells so good. And I guarantee you, someone in your house will go, oh, can't wait for dinner. he said, say, well, that's that's the dog's dinner.
1: You know, you <laughs> have just reminded me, Ryan, that before what my wife Jenny and I had children, this is so funny, I, I had forgotten this story. Before we had children, what I'm saying is when we had a lot of time on our hands or a bit more mm-hmm. time, we used yeah. to cook meals for peanut. That's right. I used to cook up mince and rice, and I'd bake it in the oven. Yeah. And and there was a number of times where Jenny would cook it, and I actually ate it, thinking I was nibbling oh, yeah. what we were going to have for dinner because it was beautiful, kind of an Arabic-baked kind of Moroccan-style mm-hmm. um, tajine kind of mince and tomatoes and spices and – I've just remembered that's right. And Jenny would say, oh, yeah? You've been eating that. That's for the dog. That's the dog's food. <laughs> I was like, oh, It good to me. I was picking out the big bits of yep. meat at the time when I was eating meat. It was funny.
0: And think about that. How good of a food Ugh. are you giving your dog? If it not only smells good for you, but even tastes good for you. I get like, Oh my gosh, yep. with no preservatives. Yeah. No. And you don't need vitamin additives. Why? Because you're not cooking the nutrients out of the.
1: Yeah. Got it. One of my favourites, I've got to add this, is the the shih tzu, uh sushi that we were talking about earlier. Because it's wrapped in sushi, it's mm-hmm. you know wrapped in those nori sheets, and it's got you know salmon and Hubbled eggs and carrots, parsley, mm-hmm. oil, you know all this beautiful stuff. But it, my dogs, you see, they actually I often say on the walks they're eating their sushi. Someone will say, "Where's where's the dog?" I say, "Oh, he's eating <laughs> sushi." And if you look, he's actually eating seaweed off the beach. Yeah, and it's. You know, you start to go, yeah, they, we love sushi. A lot of people love sushi, that's yeah. seaweed and the dogs, they as well, they, they love sushi. Oh, yeah. And, um, my dogs actually eat it fresh off the beach and it's very good for mm-hmm. them. So. Oh, very good. Well, look, I am looking at the time going, we could talk for hours and hours about this stuff. Can you tell me a little bit um, maybe about some of the spices? What do all the spices do for the dogs? You know, all that stuff that we listed earlier. Do you you know?
0: Yeah, so a lot of the
1: spices,
0: some of it is for taste. Gotcha. And a lot of it's different spices are actually because they give different nutrients for the dog on a a micro level. Mm. Um, And we don't really, if you look at a lot of our recipes, we don't heavily depend on a lot of spice yeah um it's in there on some of them but for the most part it's not widely used um but if our recipes have spice sometimes it's for a taste a little bit because the dogs like it and it's good for the dog but if you see a uh a spice in any of the recipes it's because we've researched that spice um and it does have benefits um could have a certain vitamin in it um so yeah but we, we generally don't have too much spice in
1: our. No, that was, too many that's cool. So you touched on it earlier, but can you tell us the, the two biggest things I think which would hold people back is the cost of feeding dogs this sort of quality food and the time it takes? So they're the two things I thought I'm just guessing here. But how, how expensive is it to? I think you touched on this earlier, but is it really not much more expensive or much more expensive? And what about the time? How long does it roughly take? And um, yeah.
0: Perfect. So those are the two biggest questions I get. And the pro- the cost is actually the biggest myth because I actually did ran some numbers yeah. before this. Um, so in, in the United States, we're going to take a 15-pound bag of dry kibble. Now, Grant, I know you can get it in 20, 50-pound bags and four pounds, but we're taking a 15-pound bag A fifteen pound bag of dry kibble. Um, in the United States, on the low end, is around 15 bucks for – you know, a, a mainstream brand or you want the quote-unquote high-end brand, could be $32 for about 15 Granted, and there's more expensive, less expensive, but this is just, I took, try the average. Well, that's $15 to $32 for dry kibble, and that's comes to about $1 to $2.50 per pound of dry kibble, okay? Now, when you take into homemade, what the cost for that is, again, if you want to go on the lower end, you buy just regular meat, um, all the way to organic, that's going to cost between a dollar twenty-one a pound to $2.50 a pound. So depend on how you look at it, it could be cheaper to the same price, rel- yep. roughly, of dry kibble. Yep. Um, so the cost, honestly, is not... No. I don't, I, I don't want that to be a limiting factor because if you're paying one of the high-end, the oh. quote-unquote high-end dog kibbles, cooking your, you're going to save money cooking it. Yeah.
1: Um, and, and and I've done the same it, numbers. I sometimes look at the bags of dog food, the dry stuff, mm-hmm. and that is like expensive man you,
0: oh, you yeah. compare
1: that to some of the the cheaper ends of cuts of meat and it's cheaper yeah. to buy pure meat and then you start going, whoa, well, what's more expensive than meat exactly. I mean exactly if it was a hundred percent meat, it wouldn't be that much <laughs> so yeah and and oh yeah, and a lot of our recipes they're
0: ha- there's stuff you have in your kitchen already um and again you can use fresh peas you can use frozen peas you can use fresh blueberries frozen blueberries it's whatever is good for you and easy for you and then time all right time is actually that is a considerate consideration because it is going to take a little time but for example like my wife and i what we do is every sunday night we make a big meal. we pick one yep. recipe and that's what we make for the, for it. the week we put yep. it in the fridge it stays fine all week yep. And then the next week, next Sunday, we do the same thing. It's just meal prepping. Many people meal prep and we can, we have a big old Tupperware and big old thing. We put it all in there. Actually, sometimes we use multiple Tupperwares, but, and we just throw it in the fridge. Um, You can actually, even if you wanted to be super lazy, you could actually make two or three months worth of food in one day and you can actually freeze a lot of these recipes right just bring it out enough to thaw
1: and you can always put it in little bags as well can't you you can put like oh 100 in bags or little plastic containers and stuff and Mm -hmm. and the other thing with these recipes it's like doing anything first time it takes a bit of a while you got to remember and then second or third time you do it you're not even looking at the recipe book you just throwing it in and boom Mm -hmm. exactly yeah cost quality the last thing I really wanted to touch on is you mentioned you, you your are uh, you're still not too sure about the grains and the flour and mm-hmm. pasta and stuff. I know what I feel, but, but you, what's your take on all of that? Um, the grains inside of things. Do the dogs need it? Is it okay for them? A little bit? Lots? What?
0: Yeah. So I'm not done with my research yeah. on it. So I'm at right now. I, I think grains are good and I think dogs need grains um, and they eat them when they're foraging in the wild, right? Wolves. And, and I know wolves are slightly different than domesticated dogs, but, um, so at this moment I am pro grains. However, any recipe we have that has grains in it, if you feel different, leave them out. Totally. You just adapt it. Yeah. And that's the good thing about making food at home. You can adapt the recipe to your beliefs and what you feel is right for your dog.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, I, um, I chatted to a really big dog food manufacturer once. And I said to him, but, you know, surely just feeding your dogs, just meat is the best. And he said, well, not necessarily. There's so much other good stuff in other mm-hmm. foods with berries, like you said, and vegetables. And you get that full variety. And and he said, there just isn't enough dog meat in the world, full stop, for every mm-hmm. dog just to eat meat. So regardless of whether meat's the best or not, we need to feed them other stuff, vegetables, fruit. And I can tell you, my dogs, they just love the rice not not too much but they love rice they love pasta they love spaghetti they love potatoes and um yep. yeah all that all that other sort of stuff so and a little bit of bread why not a little bit of? oh yeah <laughs> oh my dog's just a pizza pizza's the one yep. cheesy pizza crusts. my yep and you know
0: what yep. i firmly believe it's okay just like moderation like yep. it's okay for me to go have chocolate cake and a beer totally right but long as i'm not doing it every day twice a day right and same thing for your dog like long as you're not feeding them onions and garlic and chocolate and grapes like all those known bad things long as you're not feeding them that yep let them it's enriching their lives it's not going to hurt them
1: tell me about garlic because garlic this may be our, our our point that we agree to disagree on I, I've always fed my dogs garlic. Do you think garlic's a real bad one? I mean, I know alcohol, tea, coffee, chocolate, raisins, grapes. Yep. I don't touch those, but garlic?
0: Yeah, so originally, I actually had originally some garlic powder yes. um, and some garlic in my recipes yep. on, the, on the real food book. Um, but the problem with that is there is so much out there right now saying how bad garlic is. I took it out just from a marketing perspective. Gotcha. Yeah, Just to play um, safe. So I'd rather err on the side of caution gotcha. on that. Um, I'm still okay with a little bit of garlic. Um, I'm not going to give my dog a whole bunch of garlic cloves.
1: Nope. Because um, it's similar to the onion food group, which we know is bad for the dogs. Exactly. So onion's bad. Exactly. Yeah. That makes sense as well, Ryan. I hear where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How's that, guys? yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm lucky i'm looking at all these beautiful food books and i'm going wow i just want to rush into the kitchen and start cooking something up but um <laughs> if um if you do want to have a look at some of these recipes and and you know you can jump to my website and go to the blog where everything will be transcribed so you could read through this listen to the podcast again and have a look at some of those videos and see ryan's dogs milton buddy and captain and if you There'll be a link there as well where you can get hold of these books, these diet books, one, you know, for real care and diets and treats. and uh, Or you can, if you're listening or you want to write this down now, you can go to tiny, T-I-N-Y, this is a URL, T-I-N-Y dot C-C and then forward slash doggy D, which is D-O-G-G-Y D. So if you type that into your browser, tiny t i n y dot c c forward slash d o g g y d that'll take you to the page with all those um, those books on. There. You can get hold of those as well. And I also wanted to add. Normally, we sell just
0: the the food book yep. for sixty nine dollars. Yep. Um, but since obviously you were gracious enough to have me on the podcast and let me tell everybody my story about Rosie yeah. and my goal, honestly, my ultimate goal is to get this book into as many hands as possible. And get people off dry kibble on a daily basis. So, for your listeners, if they use that URL that you just gave, um, we're actually going to give all four books, which is our real food, real treats, real care, and real weight loss, uh, for thirty-seven bucks.
1: Wow! All four of them for thirty-seven.
0: All four for thirty-seven, and we're actually working on another book called "It's um, Real uh, Real Food for Picky Eaters." <laughs> Um, it's not out yet, but anybody who buys now through that link, as soon as it is ready, we're going to email it to you. Um, are PDF down, you download them. So you, literally you go to the link right now, you can make food tonight. Um, but we'll g- email you as soon as that book's ready for free. Um, and yeah, we just, we just want healthy dogs everywhere.
1: Ryan, you're a good man. I didn't even know Rob was going to do those deals for us. So yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that so much. That That's just so cool. Uh, I'm trying to think, is there anything else that we wanted to touch on? Ah, I know one more thing. One other thing guys is I think it's really important to recognize. And Ryan's touched on this, but people don't have to kind of go and stop feeding like a hundred percent and move to these cooked meals. A hundred percent do that. You were saying that you, just once a week will make a huge difference.
0: Yes. If you could even replace, cause I know we're busy yeah, and, yeah. Sometimes you live in a small apartment with three roommates, whatever your situation might be. You don't have time to meal prep every week. If you could replace one full day, it's like a lot, most people feed their dogs once in the morning, once in the evening. Um, one full day with a food you make at home for your dog, I guarantee you it's going to help help your dog. It's just thinking if, if you have someone who eats fast food every day of the week, if you give them one day at least, we're healthy salads and healthy everything. Like it's gonna help them. Not gonna necessarily help them a lot. Obviously, the more you do, it's gonna be better. But if you could at least commit to one day a week, um, that's a great start. Your dog's gonna love you. And if honestly, if you if that even gives you one extra happy day together with your dog, yeah.
1: it's worth and it. And let me give you the analogy. I love this analogy. I made it up myself. I would say this. I love spaghetti bolognese. But if I'm fed spaghetti bolognese every day for 30 days, you know what? I am so sick and tired of it. And if you just gave me anything, anything, a fresh salad or a, a vegetable curry or, you know, you'd be so grateful. And I'm—and you can see dogs aren't much different. Mm-hmm. They just want a bit exactly. of variety and change. And how much and the health benefits as well are huge. Oh, yeah. You're going to see less
0: shedding. You're oh. going to see a happier dog. Yep. You're going to see… Yep better teeth yep. better like joints yep. i mean it's just the list goes on and on and you know on.
1: here's here's the thing which does just think about this logically have you ever heard of when you go to the vets and and you say oh what's the best dog food and they say this one here and then the you say do i need anything else and they go no this is the perfect food it's been perfectly balanced it's the perfect thing it's all you need to feed your dog okay what for the rest of my life yep just yeah. this one and yet if you go to another vet or another, turn around and ask another person in the same store, they might point to a different food, tell you the same thing. And yet, those two dog foods have got very little in common. There's very little in one that's in the other. And yet, somehow, they're both saying that's the perfect food. So it's just a load of mumbo jumbo. It's like saying spaghetti bolognese is all you need to feed your children for the rest of their lives. How can it be true? How, surely, the balance is always going to be best. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So let's cut through the smoke and mirror, guys, and get to the truth. And and if you're thinking, oh, doggy Dan doesn't like dry food, it's not quite true because if you go oh, in my garage, you'll find a big tub of it, and I feed my dogs it. So we are going to balance all of this up with some interview with some very good dry dog food manufacturer. I don't know who, where, or when, yep. but
0: yeah, and <laughs> yeah, and I agree. Yep. I like I said, I have dry dog food in my house yep. too, and but I do recommend if you do dry dog food. My research has shown that I either do dehydrated or oven-baked dog
1: yeah. food. Yeah, and here's a huge tip, guys. This is worth waiting for. If you're feeding your dogs dry food, do this experiment. Get like, if you normally give your dogs one cup of dry food, put at least, I would say, three cups of water in a bowl and put the dry food in there before you go to bed and let it soak through the whole night. And watch how much water that dry food is soaked up because that is like a whoa moment. That like blows your mind when you go, that dog food has soaked up three times its volume in water. In other words, if yep. your dog just eats that dry food, where has the how much water has it sucked out of your dog's body? It's exactly. pretty scary stuff. very scary and um yeah i mean just that alone makes you go well why aren't we being told that it takes a lot it's like eating dried rice if you eat it Mm -hmm. you're in trouble because your body starts to suck up you know you can't do it and they
0: told us as kids don't feed rice dry rice to birds because they blow up wow i don't know if that's true or not
1: (laughs) yeah yeah but it needs to swell and i'm watching this food in the dog's body crazy so yeah just a little tip there Ryan, it's been fun. It's been fascinating. The time has flown by. And, um, yeah, it's got that time where i really got to say goodbye. And thank you for that. And, um, again, guys, all of this information, transcription of the whole podcast, is going to be on my website, theonlinedogtrainer.com. You can go there and have a look at the podcasts and find this one, um, tiny.cc forward slash doggyd. If you want to go straight to that site and have a look at those um, those recipe books. Ryan, thank you for your passion, for your love of dogs. I especially thank loved you. hearing about your story. It made, it brought back my love for my own dog and how much I love her and how special she was. So thank you for that. And um, yeah, it's been real fun talking and sharing ideas and knowledge and understanding of dogs. So thanks, Ryan. Thank you. Till next time. Have to get you on the show again. I had so many questions. I never even got to asking them. So uh... Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Till next time. anytime all right mate have a great day cheers buddy you've been listening to another episode of the doggy dan podcast show bringing
0: you one step closer to creating harmony with your dog